The Night Owl Podcast, Episode 43, The Haunted House of Torment, Part 3. Welcome to the Night Owl Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Ballou, and this is a place for all your restless spirits out there to tune in and hear true tales of the paranormal. I hunt these stories down, capture them from the mouths of those who've experienced them, and share them with you, right here. We're currently looking for more personal ghost stories or haunted locations, so if you or someone you know has one, please submit it to us for consideration. Go to thenightoutpodcast.com, click on the Submit Your Story page, and let us hear your ghost story. In this concluding episode of the series, investigating a popular haunted house attraction here in Austin, we bring in psychic friend Sarah to explore the haunt and its corridors in hopes of gaining more clues to the mysterious happenings at this unique site. From previous episodes of interviews and exploration, We've learned that the haunt has been experiencing paranormal activity since its early beginnings at their Highland Mall location, but continues to this day in their current Ridgepoint location. Aside from ominous feelings and unexplained footsteps or doors opening, the staff are also seeing a tall shadow figure, creatures scurrying through the hallways and up the walls, the spirit of a small girl, and there are places, especially Haunt 3, the haunted manor, that have staff almost too terrified to do their job. At the end of the previous episode, my team and I made an eerie discovery a casket that was found in the vacant building when House of Torment moved in, which could potentially be a source for the activity they are experiencing in Haunt 3. Join us now as we revisit this haunt with Sarah and try to get to the bottom of the odd happenings at the House of Torment. Stay tuned. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash night owl today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash night owl. And thank you to HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit, for sponsoring this episode of the Night Owl Podcast. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50 Night Owl and use code 50 Night Owl for 50% off plus free shipping. Lastly, another big thank you to our sponsor, AG1, for continuing to support this show. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash night owl. That's drinkag1.com slash night owl. Okay, Night Owls, just one super quick announcement that we can dive into. Some of you might have seen this already on our Instagram or Patreon page, but we have a very special item in our online shop currently, a very unique piece of merch. A professional jeweler and fine artist named Matt Bizak created a Night Owl-inspired cast glass ghost pendant necklace, and he knows my taste because he made it glow in the dark. It's one of the finer pieces that we've ever done, and due to the time and level of craftsmanship it takes to make each one by hand, we're only offering 10 for pre-order. They are currently already in production and will ship out in time to get them for the spooky season. We've already sold 5 of the 10 at this point, and by the time this airs I don't know if we'll have any left, but I just wanted to share it out with everyone here. Go check it out at our online store at thenightowlpodcast.com. Thank you. Because this is a very lengthy and complex case with a lot of different locations and a lot of unique activity, I'll provide you with another quick recap. In the previous episodes, we learned from my interviews with Dan, Michael, Chase, Bailey, and Devin that even from its early beginnings at the Highland Mall location, House of Torment had something very unusual going on that was bothering the staff. These first interviews took us through the timeline of paranormal activity they experienced, and we learned that there were similarities and also differences with the activity at Highland versus the New Ridgepoint location. At Highland, there were the disembodied voices, lots of shadow figures, and an overwhelming sense of being watched or unwelcome in certain areas of the haunt. Upon moving to Ridgepoint, staff began to experience newer activity, such as shadow figures darting through the halls, sightings of doppelgangers mimicking the staff, eerie figures climbing the walls, and lots of reports of doors opening on their own and mysterious footsteps heard throughout the building when staff worked late or alone at night. Another major discovery made through the previous interviews was in regards to a very commonly reported hotbed for paranormal activity at Ridgepoint, Haunt 3, also known as The Manor. It appeared from the initial interviews that this particular haunt, located in the very back of the building, was where most of the reports were now coming from in recent years, and staff seemed to feel the most uncomfortable and in several cases fearful to be in that space. Following more in-depth interviews with recent staff, newer experiences that included physical attacks and rumors of a young girl spirit named Annie were brought to light. 
And it was through these newer interviews and a walkthrough of the haunt that my team and I made an eerie discovery regarding the sealed casket that was opened by the staff. Finally, we ended the night dumbfounded by the footsteps, doors, and odd noises that seemed to toy with Franklin, Alexis, and I the whole night. We were ready for answers, just like I knew the staff at the haunt were. So we were all hoping that maybe Sarah might be able to provide a little more insight beyond what all of our own eyes and minds could currently perceive. It's uh, Friday, August 5th, 2022, and I'm here with Tristan, Devin, and Michael here at the House of Torment. And this is the first time Sarah's going to visit. She doesn't know where she's coming. I have a team member driving her from a different location. Tonight, I was only going to have team members Alexis and Sarah. Franklin was traveling and just couldn't make it. Soon, Sarah arrived and we allowed her to get her bearings. But immediately, she started sharing something she was getting long before she even arrived. And it clicked with what several of the staff and even I and Alexis had theorized about this location. This is going to be a massive yeah, place. Yeah, it, it makes sense what I was getting earlier. So it made sense as soon as I pulled into the parking lot. Okay. Yeah. I was getting like, it's not real, but then I was getting it, but it's kicking up like a manifested energy. I don't know if that makes any sense. But it, once I pulled in, I went, <laughs> that makes sense, right? <laughs> it does make perfect sense now that it's manifested space. So, because um, a lot of what you kick up with scaring people and everything, it manifests a different kind of energy and it stays residually in the building. And so it was kind of like, some of it was like, I'm not a real spirit, it's just manifested energy versus it is a spirit, right? That kind of thing. So it's kind of, it was neat. And I know that this is going to be a daunting one because it's just, it's three separate haunts. Yeah. And they're big. So there are specific areas. I'm just going to give you that note okay. that they've a lot of staff feel things at. There's a lot. Yeah. We're going to go through the whole thing. I think you're going to get some energy from these spots for sure. As a reminder, this building is a massive 40,000 square foot warehouse. So we were going to be here a while. The plan was to allow Sarah to go through all the haunts in the order they were set up and the way that we'd walked through them previously. Haunt one, then haunt two, then haunt three. I let Sarah know just to go where she was pulled, and nothing was off-limits to her. She did not need to stay within the attraction. She could veer off into the egresses, corridors, or hidden pathways. And so we began at Haunt 1, where there weren't many reports, but staff occasionally heard footsteps or doors, and Kyler had once felt that aggressive shove. I'm going to summarize a lot of this exploration and share mostly the relevant hits or interesting new discoveries. As we pushed our way through the beginning of Haunt 1, Sarah was doing something that I quickly took note of. She was looking up a lot at the rafters and tops of the walls of the haunt. She even vocally expressed this. I'm trying to figure out why... Okay, I don't know why it keeps wanting me to look up. You want to look up? Yeah, it just keeps drawing my eye up. But I want to get, like, can I... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally, if you keep going, I think it's just going to wrap us around. I think, yeah. At one point, about midway through Haunt 1, Sarah stopped to pick up on more of the manifested energy she was feeling. Oh, God, no, I don't like... Okay, fine. I'll just let it happen. Let's just do it. It's fine. I have to see it. Can you... Sh I know I'm not in the right spot, but can you show it to me again? looking for can you um, give me the view up give me the view what am I looking for so there's one there's a spirit somewhere on the other side of the building that keeps coming this way and it wants me to go over there but I'm trying to tell him I'm starting here um, the interesting thing is the pic so whatever's in this area is not just one spirit it's two so not just one space. I can't really pinpoint the other one because I'm in the wrong spot, I guess is what it is. But this other... Not a spirit. I think it's a manifestation. I'm like almost positive. Because it's not really... It's showing me things and feelings not... So I, I'm seeing like it'll come up behind someone and like like blow on their neck or... Uh, tap, lots of tapping sounds, um, kind of like I'm testing the door, I'm moving, it, he's, he's letting you know it's here, I say he, but oh my god, it's not, it's like a manifested energy. It's multiple emotional states, so I can feel like they're enjoying when people get 
um, like, I don't know, there's like an energy that gets built up in the space and they're enjoying that the energy is building up in the space and kind of going with it. But at the same time, they're a little mischievous. So they do enjoy like doing that, like the tapping and the breathing or even like little sound, like whispering sounds or things like really strange things like that. There, That's the manifested energy. And I want to give it a male feeling, but it's also kind of coming in with some weird feminine energy that's like weepy or sad. But then this, I'm in the wrong spot. So I know that second person I can talk to so I get a little further in. On that second one, are you getting more like spirit? More spirit, not manifested energy. Okay. So that one is more like a physical spirit. And it's telling me I'm in the, not that I'm in the wrong spot, but that the spot is not right. If that makes sense. Like the, um, it's pointing out that these were not, things were not like this before. The walls are wrong. The floor is wrong. So I'm guessing that this is a spirit that kind of moved in, not necessarily part of the property. Like they came in there and they went, this looks familiar and just kind of like mm. stayed. But the mischievous part of this, the tapping, the, um, the breath blowing, the, the sounds that's coming from the manifested energy. Obviously, this was too early to tell, but with what Sarah was noting here, it may be pointing to a manifested energy from the haunt that's the source of all the sound staff here all the time. She picked up on taps and doors being messed with. She didn't mention footsteps, but at this point, I wanted to make note of this. We were moving on when Sarah eventually stopped and began asking about a path that was off track from the haunt. It was a path for the actors to take. Is this like... This is not public use, right? This is public use, or no, is this not actor? no. actors? actors. That's where the scary. But you can you can go there if you need to, yeah. It's funny because it feels like it feels like it follows people in here. The manifestation or the the spirit, like it's it's meeting me here. So I'm gonna take the shortcut. Okay. I'm gonna take the shortcut. Yeah. I'm gonna take the shortcut. This is like go this way. What's interesting to note about this small moment was how Sarah was picking up on how the spirit did actually like to follow the actors. We know that the staff here are the ones having experiences and many of the time it's in the egresses or corridors. We pressed on because Sarah was sensing this actual spirit somewhere further within the haunt. Eventually we made it to a hospital morgue scene. There weren't many reports here either, but she immediately connected that this was where the presence she was feeling earlier was. It was a male presence. I'll share a little with you here. Is this a memory? Is this a uh, something you're familiar with? Is this... I saw a morgue. I think this guy used to work in a morgue. Or some kind of weird hospital setting because he's wearing scrubs. But I saw like a really long hall with multiple doors. Mm -hmm. And then behind me when I kind of like mirrored over, I literally saw like morgue on the thing. But I don't know how he ended up stuck here. I don't know what the draw is. So I don't know if the draw was that he was checking in and then just stayed. Or I don't know what the deal is. But he's a fairly new. Like he's coming at me like this. I'm a fairly new spirit. But I came here in this little area because I liked it. But he's the shirt tugging and sometimes the touching. Um, whereas the manifestation is a little bit more, um, <laughs> more hands-on. They're more touchy-feely, right? The manifestation is in. You can keep it because it acts a great effect or we can dissipate it if you want to. That's a, totally up to you. But it's manifested energy. It's not like an actual spirit. So there was this morgue guy that Sarah referred to was a newer spirit. He seemed to be friendly but liked to assist or correct the staff if they were doing things wrong in the scene. Again, there aren't any real reports here for me to validate with this, but this spirit would return to Sarah later with some interesting info, so I wanted to introduce him to you here. As we pressed past the morgue and made our way toward the very end of Haunt 1, Sarah asked me something that I thought was pretty interesting. Where, do you, where are you drawn to? Yeah. Is this, this more backstage stuff? More backstage stuff. Do they like hanging around back here? She kept asking about the spirits or energy and if they were in the work areas that the actors used, which was very true. But I did not confirm anything at this point because I wanted to see what she would pick up the further we went along. And near the end of Haunt 1, near a place that looked like an asylum, Sarah began picking up a presence that she was actually uneasy about. Well, this is not the same. This is not the same. I can hear you. Uh, hello? Do we have another spirit in here? Because it feels like one. 
so this is different. Oh no, we are not gonna do that to me. No, sir. What are they trying to do? I know that's there, but you're not gonna do that to me. Absolutely not. They get run. Okay, wait. Sarah's walking ahead, bothered by something. This one's your new one. Oh. oh, that really made me mad. And he just ran. You ran off. But there's two. It's a female, one's really small, looks like a small child. Hey, can you uh, come back? Come back, come back, come back, come back, come back. I don't know where she went. Let's give her a minute, maybe she'll come back. Let me give her a minute. What did the male do? He purposely mentioned my mother when we walked into this space. And I will not tolerate that. Is there any qualities that he had or that you could pick up? He was aggressive. So if he, if you're coming through this particular space, it will be in like an instant, like a shove or um, a way to get into you emotionally. It's like he was really reaching in to trigger something and he really went in there to try to do something to get a rise out of me. But he does that to everyone. The actors here, it's hair pulling. It's gonna be tugging, it's gonna be like Right, like, oh, or something snags, like when they move around in here, that's coming from him. It's the woman that I'm concerned about because he kind of like wrangled her off and like moved her somewhere, but I don't know where she went. And she was trying to, gonna tell me something and moved her and then they both kind of just disappeared. Um, this is different energy from the manifested energy. This one is a completely different spirit, completely different spirit. The girl though, small, like a five foot maybe, Maybe. She's really, really small, but she looks um, wild, I guess. She doesn't have uh, like modern clothing. It's more like barefoot, um, longer uh, hair, um, very f quick, fast. But he has like, like there's something about he has her somehow. I just saw her run and he like quickly um, kind of scooped her up and moved around. Again, this is not really an area where there are many reports, but in regards to the mean male presence, there is potential that this spirit could be responsible for the tall shadow figure sightings, and with what Sarah was noting about his negative energy, he could be a source for the ominous feelings of being watched or feeling uncomfortable felt by the staff. However, this space wasn't exactly where those reports were had. As for the young girl slash female spirit, Although I'd not had any real good testimony or reports firsthand about this supposed Annie spirit, there were a lot of rumors reported about her. It was too early to confirm this now, but we were barely wrapping up the first haunt and were about to enter haunt two. In between haunt one and two is a long, wide hallway. As we exited haunt one into this hallway, Sarah stopped us because apparently the male spirit from the morgue, the nicer one, was really trying to communicate something to her in this space. What is it? Ooh, calm down. What does it mean you're not doing it right? Can you show me? Instead of just trying to tell me, can you show me what happened? I want to say the word accident. Maybe that's not what it is. He's focused on an accident, something that hurt someone here. Does that make sense? Did somebody get hurt? Anybody get hurt here? Y'all can answer it's that. It's like a... It was an actor. It was an actor. And he keeps saying they weren't doing it right. They weren't doing it right. And and um, I can feel like it's like so much pain in like... A the only really major thing happened was uh, in here in the morgue. Um, when like pre-built, early, early 2016, when we first got here, we were building it. He was up really high on a ladder and we just hear a scream and a crash. And he fell off the ladder because he wasn't doing it right and he broke his leg. I was like, did he hurt his ankle? I was going to say, did he hurt yeah. the bottom part? Yeah, he, he was pins and everything for like a year. And he, yeah, he, he kept saying, he keeps saying it wasn't, he wasn't doing it right. That was what he kept telling me. He wasn't doing it right. Who's um, this one that you're speaking this of? This is the one from the morgue. So apparently he can go anywhere in the space except for um, that little, I guess the little asylum space, right? Um, he, he can't, for some reason, can't go in, into that small section. Where you were talking to the other male and the little and the little female and where the presence. little female presence kind of just moved around. 
The latter accident was interesting. It wasn't something that Sarah could have possibly known about, and it did happen in the vicinity of where we were. I'm not sure why this morgue guy was so adamant to tell Sarah this message, but it was received and validated by Michael. We now pushed our way into Haunt 2. Sarah moved quickly through this space, and we didn't have much occur until further in. At one point, she began to hear music in her head. I hear music. It's really odd, odd music, like, um, I say, like, hymnal music. It's that, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard hymnal, like, old-school hymnal music that's super boring. Like, that's it. As a quick reminder, a church actually did occupy a portion of this building just prior to the House of Torment acquiring it. As always, I did not let Sarah know this location or anything about it, and refrained from confirming anything in this moment with her as she brought up the hymnal music. I wanted to see if more would come to her as we got closer to Haunt 3, because that's actually where the church once was. And sure enough, she started to pick up more as we neared the end of Haunt 2. This is manifested energy. All of this. Yeah? And it's not nice. Not nice? No. It's not nice, and it's very, very intentional. Not a spirit. This is not a spirit. And this is not the same as what's over there. This is totally different. I'm, there's a source though, so we've got to find, stop it with the hymnals now. Um, we've got to find the source a little further in. But this is um, like here, as soon as we run to that corner, like the vomit <laughs> sense, I guess the little nauseated sense started. So I know this is a manifest energy. Ooh, and it's, oh, it's very nice. This was the cause of fear. So, it, like a lot of fear all at once. It feels like the culmination of. It feels horrible, just so you know. It's just not nice at all. Okay. But there's a source of it besides that. There's something else. Uh oh. What are you getting right now, though? I just, I just want to. What are you looking at over there? I'm going to see if she's going to come back out. Hymnals. Sarah was really hearing a lot of hymnal music at this point. We pressed forward and found ourselves in a newly built space that was a neon black light style bar. It was in here that Sarah finally found a female spirit tied to this hymnal music she was hearing. What are you being drawn to? Like the, it waits. This is like waiting. This is female. This is a woman. Um, she's older, uh, like in her Oh my God, she does not like this. She doesn't like any of this. This is all like Bible something hymnals. I'm telling you, she is like, this is all wrong. It shouldn't be like this. <laughs> this was a super Bible thumping person. The weird thing about it is she's talking about this space being used as something different. This very space. So I'm leaning towards, this might be a, this might have been a church space. This was pretty remarkable. Sarah just picked up on the fact that this space was once used as a church space. That's 100% accurate. Following my interviews with the help of my father on research, we were actually able to track down the actual church. I'll share more about this with you later, but you must realize, looking at this building, you see a massive warehouse, and it has nothing that would resemble a former church, inside or out. So for Sarah to say this, it's pretty astounding to me. When we get back from this short break, we'll hear Sarah speak more to this female spirit and gain more details about this former church. Stay tuned. AG1 is the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it literally every day. I gave AG1 a try because I am at the stage in my life, along with many of you I assume, where your body is very quick to remind you that you're no longer the superhuman, indestructible workhorse you used to be. I needed something that was quick, easy, cost-effective, and above all else, of the highest quality to provide my body with what I needed for complete whole body health. I found all that and more in this amazing product, AG1. One scoop of AG1 powder mixed with water is all I need to meet all my nutritional supplement needs for the day, so I'm feeling ready to tackle whatever comes my way. I love the fact that AG1 saves me time and money and that it replaces all the vitamins, supplement minerals, prebiotics, and probiotics, and adaptogens that I'd already been trying to take all in just one scoop. Gone are the days of me driving all over town to find all my supplemental needs. 
Every scoop of AG1 is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and whole food sourced ingredients of the highest quality that provide me with benefits such as gut health, boosted energy levels, and immune system support. AG1 makes taking good care of the body simple. It gets delivered straight to my doorstep each and every month, and then it's just one scoop once a day, every day, for my complete nutritional health. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash night owl. That's drinkag1.com slash night owl. Check it out. This episode is also brought to you by BetterHelp Therapy Online. For 10% off your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash night owl. Start living a better life today. We all face times at a point in our lives that are extremely difficult to face. It could be anything from problems in our personal relationships, difficulties at work, or personal struggles with a number of changes occurring in our lives. Many of us don't know how to deal with emotionally stressful situations like these and may need someone to guide us through these difficult times. That's where BetterHelp comes in. BetterHelp Therapy Online is one of the world's largest network of professional, licensed, and experienced therapists who can assist you in coping with and dealing with such issues of grief, anxiety, trauma, depression, and relationship issues. You can get the help you need, when you need it, completely online. It's therapy designed to be convenient, flexible, and catered to fit your schedule. Therapy's been extremely helpful for me in the past when I had to face some incredibly difficult situations that I honestly didn't know how to deal with on my own. A therapist was what I needed at the time to help me cope with this problem, work with me to find ways to navigate through the trauma, and provide me with a game plan to help me move forward. So if you're experiencing difficult times right now, if there's something causing stress or unhappiness in your life, therapy could be what you need to get you back on track to living the best life possible. And BetterHelp Therapy Online could be a great option for you if you want professional, convenient, and affordable online therapy matched to your specific needs. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Night Owl today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Night Owl. So Sarah was picking up on a new female spirit toward the end of Haunt 2. The hymnal music she'd been hearing was tied to the spirit and she was also getting a clear message that this space was once used as a church. Let's dive back in to hear all that Sarah could glean from this presence. This was a super Bible-thumping person. The weird thing about it is she's talking about this space being used as something different. This very space. So I'm leaning towards, this might be a, this might have been a church space. Like where they, um, if they rented out the spaces in small sections, like maybe they had like a church or something like that. Like something where they got together and were constantly doing this and this lady must have passed during the time that it was that and not this. But it was like a, she's like really, really mad. But she stays here to wait, kind of like waiting people out and trying to get them not to, I don't know, it's kind of like, you shouldn't be doing this. She keeps saying it over and over again. You shouldn't be doing this. This is all wrong. This is Satan's work, right? Like it's kind of just keeps coming up and it's like she's very, very upset that in her, I guess, sacred space that this is going on if that makes sense. But like, this is the preferred spot. Like she likes to kind of move around here. I'm not quite sure why this would be a preferred spot. Like I, I guess I'd have to see whatever, where everything is. Um, but um, yeah, there, there's like a, okay, let me, just give me the flash, it's okay. I won't, I won't, I'm hanging on to see Yeah, there's, um, it's the chairs, like the folding chairs that you would do, like the makeshift church kind of thing. Right, like I got a space, now I built a church and she's doing this. I can't place the religion. It is like a, it's close. I don't think that's what that is. Um, how do you, how do you, okay. What's the, yes, thank you. That's the, the question I'm, I'm asking. She wants it all to stop. She's not causing like anything. She's just trying to make it, make you know that she's here and she does not approve of what's happening here if that makes sense. That's kind of like she's taking that stance. She doesn't make things happen per se yet, but she's very influential in um, creating a sense of fear that you, you're you not creating in here. Um, like a, uh, oh my God, I don't know. The person is literally gonna feel like, oh my God, something's watching me. 
when they come like into the space. Like they're gonna feel that that's something that you didn't create is something that she's doing just because her presence is here, if that makes sense. But she's very upset about like, this shouldn't be here, this needs to stop. She keeps saying it over and over again. And I can see like the, the folding chairs and like there was like a, I can see like she had like some weird setup like over here somehow. The weird thing about it is though, the manifested energy that you, that's created in the front, the one that we see is actually almost even keeping her in this spot. Mm. It's kind of like walling her off. Because oh. there's a distinct difference from standing here from what's standing over there. Okay. And yeah, I'm not going to give you too much, but this 100% was one of those churches. So, yeah. So, she's very upset. She stands here. I don't like it. I'm not going to agree with it, but I'm not going to move. Through our research, we found a church whom I'm going to refrain from exposing here on this show for privacy reasons. But what I can tell you is this church was clearly not a familiar denomination. And with Alexis's help, we were able to determine, based on their website and writings, that this church practiced spiritual work, including exorcisms. These things were detailed and mentioned on pages on their website. Another validation that we didn't point out to Sarah yet was her vision of the makeshift-style church, the fold-out chairs. This is exactly what Michael saw when they got to the building. There were just a few fold-out chairs left and the casket. One thing to note, however, is that this wasn't the exact location of the church where we were standing right now. We were close, but the actual church was more in Haunt 3, the manor. But we were heading there now. Immediately upon arriving at the manor entrance, Sarah was picking up on something that made her uneasy. She kept whispering to herself and this new thing, asking it to reveal to her what it was. Is this new or someone you've seen already? I need to prepare. I'm gonna walk in, and I just want you to be nice, okay? I'm just gonna walk in and you'll be nice to me, and I just need you to show me what you're doing, who you are, what's happening here. Okay, I don't, okay, I don't know what that is. We're just gonna go with it. Where are you running to? Okay, I gotta let it happen again. Okay. When we made it to the manor, we took a path that leads to a zigzagging hallway with lots of portraits on the walls. It was then that, to my shock, I actually saw what Sarah was chasing. You had something running through here? I just need to see where it's going. Oh, I just saw something. Is it black? Yes. I just saw something go here. Fast. And it's small. Maybe, mm. maybe mm. it'll come again. It's I saw like it like really that. small. Yeah. Get that I saw a black thing go in here when she said it, and I don't see things, and I saw black go right through here. And it was about like, but, but below my waist, but above my knee height. Where did it go? Oh, I'm gonna chase this thing all night. I've never seen anything. That was cool. I'm gonna chase this thing. What are you? Listeners, you know sightings and paranormal experiences are very rare for me. This was the first time in all my work with Sarah that I physically saw what she was seeing. And it's just like I mentioned. She was chasing this thing she called a creature or gremlin down a zigzagging hallway. When we rounded one of the turns, I saw a small black thing round the corner ahead of us. After this sighting, we continued to pursue it and we were led to an area in Haunt 3 with a fake stairway and lots of portraits and animal mounts on the walls. Here, Sarah was picking up the presence again. What am I looking at? You can show yourself. I will look if I need to, but will you show? Did you hand make the stairs? Bring in, is this brought in from something else? Made them. Did somebody fall down the stairs when you were making them? Because it feels like that's what happened. Well, the fall was a push, just so you know. A purposeful push. At first, Michael couldn't think of a stair fall, but eventually something clicked for him. Okay, so now this last season, we have a stilt walker in here, and she's been a stilt walker for a while, and she took a really hard fall, like really bad and she's proficient in stilts, and she fell, and we couldn't get to her like after a while. Like she, well, they had, they escorted her all out there, and it was really difficult, like that whole thing. Mm. When was that? It, it was last season. It was like, like for lack of a term, yeah, it was like a push. Yeah. That it's very specific about it was a push. It wasn't like whatever Because they think. kept saying, well, we checked her straps, we checked like the stilts on the feet, checked them all. She does this for a living, she's a performer that way. They were like, there's no way we checked and we made sure they were tight, whatever, and she just fell. Okay. Now, because that's an attack on an a actor. Person. So yeah. 
Is it something in this area, you think? Is it something tied to this space, or is there more energy you're so getting? I'm curious because I, my spirit guides don't show up unless something's wrong. Then see this little thing run by us, that's weird. And then to come in here and have, like, here's this thing, and it was intentional. So if you're trying to, like, build your business, have your actors, all that good stuff, and this little thing is running around, it's just going to cause so much chaos. It's just going to be stupid. So, but it keeps moving. Like, it's bait, it's baiting me, so I'm trying to, mm-hmm. that's why I kind of stopped in here and then started getting all this other stuff. I'm wondering what it's wanting or what it wants to do. But these are typically, um, they're attracted to that low vibrational energy, so... You know what's 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 fear what's depression what's sadness what's anxiety that kind of stuff like they love to be around that and this is what you're generating right fear depression anxiety all that kind of stuff it's just the chaos that it might cause and they does look like a small animal or a small child i guess like just low low to the ground there's a lot of things to note here we are in haunt three where the majority of the staff feel uncomfortable and as if someone is watching them constantly Also, from my initial interviews, Bailey had mentioned sightings of a shadow creature scurrying in the halls and around corners, as well as climbing up the walls and up into the rafters. What Sarah was chasing and what I still can't believe I saw with my very own eyes was a small shadowy creature low to the ground moving on all fours. And I'll admit something, on previous visits I too had seen something out of the corner of my eyes and I felt like something was moving along the top of the haunt following us through haunt 2 and 3. I was very curious what more might come of this unknown shadow creature as the night progressed, but at this point, the creature had dissipated, so we moved on. Sarah passed through the attic scene, which is where Devin and other staff had some strange feelings. It had a lot of items from the Highland location, but with Sarah's pass-through, she just mentioned that there was a lot of residual energy tied to the objects, but nothing ominous, dark, or heavy for her. Quite the opposite of what the staff felt and what hit Alexis on his first visit here. But we pressed on, because next was the room with the casket. Sarah entered the room, and we all stayed quiet. She made her way over to the casket and just stared at it. Then she reached in and lifted out one of the photographs the staff had found and framed of an actual wake or viewing. In the photograph is a deceased male in a casket, not this one, and his family around him. She quickly asked Michael about the photo. Do you know... Who the man is in this picture? Damn it. It's inappropriate. Is what keeps getting yelled at. Michael did not know the person in the photos. It was a random find that they added to the casket to make it more creepy. Apparently, Sarah was getting a message from the spirit or energy tied to this photograph that it was really inappropriate to put this photo out on display in this attraction. But, to our surprise, Sarah did not react strongly to the casket itself. We didn't call any extra attention to it and let her roam the remainder of Haunt 3. She pointed out that aside from the odd creature-like presence, most of Haunt 3 was energy or passerby spirits coming with objects that were brought in for the haunt. But at this point, we'd been through quite a bit of a first pass, and Sarah needed a break. So we got to a quiet spot to do a short debrief. The night wasn't over, I still wanted to take Sarah to the hallway and eventually explain the significance of the casket, but we'd get to that after this recap. First up, Sarah began talking about that strange small female spirit that she saw in conjunction with that mean male presence in Haunt 1. She'd actually jotted down a name for it and spelled it V-A-I-D-A. She wasn't sure how to pronounce it, so she began calling her Veda. Later on, you'll hear that she's corrected this pronunciation to Vida. I just wanted to clarify this early on. Veda is the little girl that keeps running around that I'm trying to get, or the woman. She looks like a little girl, but she's not. It's an older woman, but I can't catch her. She runs around here. But it's that energy that's with her that I really wanted to try to connect with. And I and he just, first being extremely rude to me as soon as I walked in, then he completely disappeared when I pushed back. And so I think he's just one of those kind of guys, right? And one of those little, one of those little spirits that just does things just because he thinks it's funny and likes to mess with people. But I was trying to figure out what the connection was with him and Veda, why he was really quick to wrangle her up and move her, and and then she just disappeared like I didn't see her again. And that male, is he limited to that area there? He's limited to that area in, um, you know, from the other side of the morgue, I guess, where the asylum area is, that little space. And 
a little bit of over that wall. Like when we were exiting, you, I know that he can be there, but he wasn't. He was making himself kind of scarce, which I just think it's weird. And I kept looking up a lot because they, I, I think they hide up. That's the only place they can go, really. There's really no good place for them to go if they're trying to like hide up. away. So I think they hide up at the top, and then they're able to like either look over the walls or. Um, so the sensation would feel like something's looking at you from the top down. That would be the sensation that you would get when you're in certain places. The uh, the doctor, actually, he kind of roams around quite a quite a bit in that. I guess what do we call the it? First the, haunt. the first haunt. Is mm-hmm. that what we're going to call it? Okay, so um, he kind of moves around almost in the entire space, um, and he helps to scare with the you know the pulling of the clothes or the you know the things. He kind of assists in that. With the manifested energy, that energy just really does like messing with people, and it's really created. It's not from a spirit, right? That and that happens when you have a lot of negative energy. It'll pull up together, and then it actually becomes like it has some form to it. You can manifest energy. You get mad enough, and you can poltergeist your house, right? It happens. So um, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of pockets of that. It's really neat. To, like I've never really thought about what would happen in a place like this, mm-hmm. how the energy would manifest itself. And that's just kind of cool to, to experience it. So it's kind of neat. Haunt 3 is the one I would be the most concerned about, that stupid little gremlin thing. Those don't come by themselves. Those come with other types of spirits, and they bring in different kinds of spirits. The interesting thing about this place, though, is that it does have a lot of like passerby spirits, and I think it's because you do have a lot of things here, right? You have a lot of uh, antiques. You have things that you've picked up from garage sales, and they were sentimental to other people, and that kind of. So there's some attachments going on with the objects, and that will bring in other spirits to the space. Right, but in that particular case, those are not the kind of spirits you want in here. I mean, you want them here to scare the people, uh, but you don't necessarily want them here if you're trying to run a business because they will start messing with things, right? So you want to kind of keep those in check a little bit. Kind of the biggest hit was that church because there was... That lady was yeah. very bad, Bible-thumping lover. It was like, I'm proving a point. This doesn't need to happen. You shouldn't be here. She kept saying that over and over again. This is, this is not right. Um, she's just not happy with what you're doing with the space because in her mind, this is a place of peace, a place of religion, a place of, you know, that belief and that kind of stuff. And it's like kind of like the opposite of what she's thinking, right? Everything's coming from But she's proven a point. She's just going to stand there and wait, which I think is really funny because the other manifestation kind of stops at that door. You're standing in the only spot you can't stand in and can't move. But she was really quick to show me like the chairs, the altar space that they were using. Like this was, she really wanted me to see it in that way and not in the way that it is now. But she's just against whatever it is that's going on. As you've heard and witnessed, there were a lot of really good hits that Sarah had, but we still didn't have any concrete answers yet. When we get back from this short break, we'll take Sarah back to the manor, where she'll encounter a new spirit, which leads to another shocking validation and an unsettling twist that rattles our entire team. Stay tuned. Fall is creeping up on us, and that means October and Halloween is just around the corner. For this night owl, that means an even busier schedule than usual. I know for many of you, the beginning of fall season becomes extremely busy as well with all the activities associated with back to school. Whether it be Friday night football games, school programs, or just dealing with nightly homework or transporting kids to and from all the extracurricular activities associated with this time of year, do you really need the added stress of meal planning, shopping, and the long lines at the grocery store? Why not let HelloFresh take the stress out of meal planning and preparation? Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50NightOwl and use code 50NightOwl for 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh takes care of the meal planning for you, sources the freshest ingredients possible, and delivers them to your doorstep in less than 7 days. With 40 chef-crafted meals to choose from every week, there's something to satisfy everyone's appetite. Just simply shop HelloFresh and choose the meals that are right for you. Pick your delivery date, and then go about your busy fall schedule knowing that dinner is already covered. This past week, I tried the one-pan sweet and spicy cashew pork tacos. The preparation was fast and easy, and let me tell you, the combination of the perfectly seasoned pork along with the delicious hoisin gochujang sauce and cashews, all wrapped up in a warm flour tortilla, has truly made this dish an all-time favorite of mine. So skip the grocery lines, avoid expensive takeout, and get ready to whip up a wholesome homemade meal in just minutes. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50 Night Owl and use code 50 Night Owl 
for 50% off plus free shipping. After giving Sarah a rest and getting a recap, I knew I wanted to take her back to Haunt 3. If nothing came to her regarding the casket, I would eventually inform her of its history and let Alexis explain his concerns as well. But for now, we decided to try to make our way to that scary hallway that the actors use, the one that Devin mentioned quite a bit in her previous interviews. It seemed to be a space where many of the staff felt incredibly uneasy. We headed that way, but as we were making our way there, Sarah stopped us in Haunt 3. There was a hallway within the haunt that was near where we encountered the creature. She was seeing a woman's spirit here, and she quickly began channeling her and told us to quickly start asking questions. Let's let Stephen ask us questions. So I can stay in the channel. Stephen, ask. What are you doing here? How old are you? She's lost, 33. What do you need from us? Different question. Where did you come from? Uh, there's palm trees. Um, flamingos. Uh, Florida. What? She's asking, what is this place? She keeps saying that. What is this place? It's like a fun house. Made to scare people, but to make them laugh also. Who? Show it to me again. Michael. Michael has her books. Do you, does that ring a bell, Michael? Do you have any books? I mean, there's a bunch. I just moved them all over there. Oh. I pulled them all out of this area. She said, my things are here. My things are here. That's why she's here. On this side? She says, there's no good on this side. On this side. It's not good there. Okay. Um. Sarah tapped on the wall that her back was against exclaiming that the spirit told her there was no good on that side. I had no clue where we were. This place is like a twisted maze. But Michael pulled me aside and quietly told me that the side she was tapping on is the scary hallway that we were actually trying to take her to. Sarah had no way of knowing this either. She kept communicating with the spirit in this moment, asking her about what was over on the other side of this wall. Here, in this space, how many? No, I need number. Three, she said it. Three. How many are bad? One. One. Just one. One. And then she said the animal. So that's the small one. Okay? Not the bad one. Not the animal. What's that one? Vita. Strangely enough, this female spirit was letting Sarah know that there was no good on the other side of the wall and that there was a connection to the small female spirit that she was calling Vita. Somehow, Vida is like a role in something. I don't know. I can't figure it out. The small female? Yeah. But that's not this one that you're talking to. No. We need to go to the other side. What's over here? I don't remember, guys, but can we? The hallway. Just the Are you kidding me? That's it? Yeah, yeah. you can see it. What's around the... Well, that's that's the thing that she needed to take you yeah. to. It's the it's a bad spot for okay. everybody. Well, let's go. Yeah, I didn't know that that was there. there. We quickly made it over to that eerie hallway, and Sarah began to read the space. Vida. She's the problem. She's a problem? Vida's a problem, and she's, she's small, so she can get into a lot of spaces. She's not coming to me, but the other ones are. So, the one I saw at the, at the asylum, the mean one, is a, I keep saying a minion, um, malevolent spirit working for something else. The other one, the one, the, the small one also, Vida is, is what the problem is. Vida is the one that's moving them around, if that makes sense. But she's not the one that, she's not making herself present at all. Except for the one glimpse I had of her over there. And then she played the victim card. So you've got three little things running around here, but she's the one that's, she's the one that's making it happen. She's feeding off of the manifested energy. Sarah was now feeling that this small female presence, known as Vida, was deceiving and that she may be a spirit with bad intent and who might control the creature and possibly even the mean male presence she encountered earlier. She went on to say that Vida and some of the other spirits weren't approaching her because they were afraid of Alexis. 
and she went on to explain why this was making her uncomfortable. The fear is not me, the fear is you. Because they keep asking. Because, you know, you don't walk by yourself. So they're trying to figure out what the fuck. Yes, and that's the, like, is he okay? I'm like, oh, no, he's fine, he's safe. He's not going to hurt you. But that, that's just telling me that Vida is something else, something different, if she's worried about Alexis. So she's just kind of a dark energy that needed this energy this to kind of... This is perfect. It's mm-hmm. a perfect space for her. What were you saying, Michael? In this whole area. Like, do you want to... Yeah, go ahead. That this is where the church was. The church, when they left, they left one thing behind. It's the casket. They left the coffin. That coffin. There's nothing in the casket. It was sealed. I asked, what is Vida? Like, why is she here? And the response was, Vida is vengeance. That was a response. Twice. This is not supposed to be here. And the weird thing about it is that she's not approaching. I don't, I've never had a, like, an entity or spirit not approach, no matter how bad they were. Does it mean anything to you, Alexis? Um, in the church that used to be here, used to do exorcisms. Used to remove demons from people. It's in their their web. It's on their website. Mm-hmm. So, vengeance makes sense to me in that sense. So I'm wondering if they left the casket on purpose. That's what I said. I mean, why would they leave it? They just moved to another location. Not like they went away. They moved to another location. Why would they leave it behind? With the intention inside. That's what I said. That's what. Why I... do you leave something like that behind unless you don't want to take it with you? Let me just do something crazy. Why not? Sarah sat in this hallway, in the area that many of the staff feel most uncomfortable. And she did something that I've never seen her do before. She seemed to allow herself to get possessed. It appeared she went into some form of trance. It was then that Alexis quickly began to ask Sarah questions. And she began responding as Vida. Who are you? Vida. What is your purpose here? Protect. Protect who? The house. Which house? The temple. This is the house of God. But I am vengeance. I'll only play a snippet here since this was a very long session. But through Sarah, supposedly it was Vida responding and the spirit went on to tell us that she was summoned here and many other things that you'll hear in a recap in a moment. But toward the end of our session, the spirit began to ask whose body she was in. Who is she? The woman I'm in. She is light. You don't need to know her name. You're just going to answer our questions. Do you want to leave? No. Why do you want to stay? Oh, she left quick. Alexis is coming. When Sarah came out of the trance, she was in pain and Alexis came to her aid with some of his supplies. Sarah claimed that she didn't hear any of the communication while in the trance, so we updated her on what we had gotten from the session. Pretty much, she's from the ca- coffin. She came from I'm the coffin. Okay. Mm-hmm. She was summoned, summoned here by one person. One person? She will hurt people that disrespect the house, but the house is what she deemed as the church. The temple. The temple. She kept saying the temple. Another thing that I asked, what were the other two things? And why did why were they protecting her? And she said, I don't need protection. I control them. Yeah, that makes sense. She was summoned. Okay, so we have to do this like this. She was summoned. But she says her job is what? What is her job? What is she supposed to be? She protects. She says she's protecting, she says she's vengeance, but she's protecting... The temple, that's what she said. Mm-hmm. The temple, not the church. She said the temple, she didn't say the church. We asked if she would hurt anybody here, and she said those that disrespected the temple. The body of Christ. The body of Christ. Sarah had a practicing student with her during this visit, and they were picking up that a possible smaller sect of seers from the church may have did the summoning before they left the space. From the images they got, they saw just a few people doing something in a makeshift church around the casket. 
if she was summoned, if she really was summoned, and she can't do her job, like how do we get her to know she fulfilled her purpose? Or that she's no longer needed? I tried to tell her, like, you know the temple's no longer here. Yeah, we did try to tell her, and I asked if she wanted to go, and that's whenever she said no, and that's just when she left you. It's hard to say what's fact here because we simply just can't know that with any of this. It's all theory and guesswork. But where Sarah landed, along with her student, is that Vida potentially was summoned here by a small sect from the previous churchgoers here, possibly connected to the casket that was left as well. The images they kept getting from this were people doing things behind closed doors, and they were speaking in tongues and phrases like the seers kept coming up. From all this, Sarah and her student theorized that there is a possible reason behind why Vida's energy attacks or sends other energies to attack the staff. And that theory was that those that did not have a Christian-based faith, Vida would seek vengeance from. Now let me be clear, we are not saying that, and nothing of the sort. Not that Christians should be punished, we're just relaying what they were picking up from the Vida presence. The staff members that were there actually confirmed that the woman on the stilts was not Christian, so this was just something that lined up. And many of the current staff actually have history with Christian-based religions. Although they didn't practice a lot still, they admitted that they occasionally prayed or did things of this nature. So this was just an interesting theory, but I have no way of knowing its accuracy. Either way, we didn't want to leave this place without some guidance or help. So I opened the floor to ideas to my team. Within your power and within your power, if we needed to remove, is it possible? It's possible, but it's really hard. It's gonna be hard. Because it's not like a house where you can like, oh, let's open up all the cabinets. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's very true. <laughs> it's, it's gonna be hard. This would require multiple points of light in different places working at the same time. Mm. And all the windows are closed. And all the windows are closed. Oh, yeah, that's right. What if we can create a big enough portal? I can funnel the energy through. If I'm holding the portal door open enough to where it's just open and it's not gonna like stay. Cause I can't shove her in if I'm holding the portal open. Sarah had determined that she was going to need to bring several people with gifts to help assist in the ceremony. Along with that, Alexis recommended a practitioner he knew since he was not gonna be available during the times that we would need to return. And on September 15th of 2022, I arrived along with Sarah and her team and this practitioner that we were going to maintain privacy for and not reveal their name on this show. The idea was to try to create a barrier, bring in all of the entities if we can. My team of other energy people are about to send us some power here in a minute to kind of just create that boundary and see if we can wrangle up all of them in one spot and then open a door and close it, right? Open the door, kick them through, and close it. This night's ceremony was a lengthy one and didn't have much to reveal in audio form. It was a more quiet ceremony of Sarah and her team using energy and light and this other practitioner performing a powerful cleansing referred to as a limpieza espiritual, or simply put, a spiritual cleansing, which is done in espiritismo, or spiritism, as a way of collecting spirits on a white plate. The way it's done is a white candle is burned under the white plate until the face or faces of the spirits appear, and then the plate is then cracked at a river, crossroads, or cemetery to release the spirit or spirits. When Sarah and her team had wrangled all the energies and spirits they could that wanted or needed to go, including Vida, the practitioner performed this powerful cleansing. When he flipped the plate, he believed and pointed out many eerie faces that had formed in black soot on the back of the plate. I took a photograph and will share this on Patreon. But at the end, the practitioner wrapped the plate up and was going to discard it properly tonight when he left to finish the ceremony. In the very end, Sarah exclaimed that the darker spirits and energies, including Vida, had been removed. And it was months later when we returned so Alexis could fill the space and I could see how the staff were feeling. I've had dreams about this place still. And even after we left, of all the locations we've done, even Pioneer Farms, even Murder House, this has been the one that has continued to haunt me, so to speak, because I'm continuously having dreams about this place or nightmares specifically about what this place used to be, even the coffin and things like that. So because I wasn't here for any of that uh, cleansing, which I'm feeling like I need to kind of figure out where we're at in the spiritual health of the building before we can move forward with what we can do. 
I always left with not sure if Vida was a real girl or if it was like that was what she was, was presenting that, as. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still don't. I'm still not quite sure what it was either. Yeah. That's what I think it is. I, I think it was um, the people who the tenants that were here previous. They have descriptions on their website about you know casting out spirits and using special forces to remove spirits and things like that. So I think that if anything that that coffin was um, was they, they put something in it because why else would you seal it? And so when y'all opened it, you let something out. Yeah. And I think that Vida was essentially in charge of keeping whatever was in there in. And so it was like I have to keep things in line. I have to keep you know like that kind of deal. And it could have been the fact that like what came in was so opposite of the church that yeah. really amplified her her or its energy about like trying to fix things. Yeah. 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 I think sometimes um, certain people do things spiritually, thinking that they're doing things with uh, with a good intention, but sometimes they bring negative things in or things that are things that they don't even understand. Yeah. Alexis and Sarah were very happy with the way the building felt tonight. We went through the entire haunt, this time admiring the spaces and what they were going to be for this new haunt season of 2023. We left with a lot of unanswered questions still. We may never know all the truth behind the strange happenings at the House of Torment, but for now, we felt we did our best to provide some plausible theories and potentially remove some of the more ominous, oppressive, and malicious presences that were tormenting the staff. Tonight, Tristan was actually here, and he helped confirm this. Ever since we left, it's been almost a year, or not more. What changed after our final visit? There's definitely not a malicious uh, presence anymore. We still get the feelings, we still get the knocks, we still get the footsteps, everything like that, doors opening and closing, but it's more of a, they're curious, rather than an actual, what are you doing here? I don't want you here and everything. And uh, specifically, Devin and Katie, whenever they're in Haunt 3, they'll just do a, a broad, I'm here to do this, I'm here to do X, Y, Z, don't scare me, and they'll immediately lose that sense of feeling. Back then, I was legit too scared. Yeah, I would even tell my assistants to just stay away from the shop when it's midnight. If it's midnight, if it's dark, just don't go near it. It's not a good idea. Because even for me, myself, I constantly had that feeling of someone is watching me and they hate me. But now that we did the cleansing, now that we had you guys, that we had Sarah, we had Alexis come in and essentially cleanse the place, I don't feel like I'm hated. I feel more like they're just curious what I'm doing and, or they're just watching me work. To this day, strange happenings like odd noises, doors opening, and footsteps still occur. And the staff still report that they know they are not alone in the building. However, they aren't as afraid as they used to be, and that's a step in the right direction. Because at a place like the House of Torment, where you are constantly generating fear and bringing in objects from estate cells, abandoned hospitals, and thrift stores, and what I've learned in this line of work, it'd be ridiculous to expect nothing would actually come of this. House of Torment was one of the most exciting places we've ever been able to investigate, and I hope many of you locals or those who travel to Austin will take a trip to see this very unique haunt and brave the corridors and hallways of the manor. I guarantee, between the actors and the real ghosts, the experience will haunt you. This case had a lot of extras that I'm going to be releasing on Patreon in the future, including audio and video of Sarah's trance with Veda, a video walkthrough of the entire building, deleted audio, and updates from more of the staff. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter on our website, thenightowlpodcast.com, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at The Night Owl Podcast, and consider becoming a patron and supporting our show on patreon.com slash thenightowlpodcast to stay up to date with our show's news and events. Stay restless out there. I'd like to thank my investigative team, Sarah, Alexis, Franklin, for going on these crazy adventures with me. Nicholas Fair for his talented musical contributions to this show, my dad Sam for his incredible historical research, Bo for helping produce this busy indie show, Mikey for his assistance editing this particular episode, Sandra for keeping us all on schedule and on budget. 
my partner Peyton for encouraging me every time the workload for the show weighs heavy on my shoulders and assisting on our investigations with photography. And last but not least, David Dalton of Driftworks Sound for mastering every single episode on the tight turnarounds I give him. Please support their works by visiting our website, thenightowlpodcast.com, and clicking on the About tab. There you can find links to all their individual works and websites. This podcast was mastered by David Dalton of Driftworks Sound. Do you have a song that could use a professional touch to get it across the finish line? Do you wish you could remove the sound of a loud air conditioner or distracting mouth noises from your podcast recording? Whatever your issue, David can repair and enhance your audio and help you achieve rich, full, professional sound at industry standard loudness levels. Quit struggling with audio engineering and get back to creating. To discuss your options, reach out to David at driftworksound.com. That's D-R-I-F-T workSound.com and set your creative self free.